Hello and a very warm welcome to the Leaders with Babies podcast. This is a bonus episode. As you regular listeners will know, I am currently on maternity leave, enjoying most of the time anyways, my new baby, who at the time of recording is about five months old. And my wonderful fellow, Kirsty, who's been on the fellowship program, is interviewing me about my experience and what I've learned so far and what I've done differently with this maternity leave compared to others. So I'm pretty honest and trust me, it wasn't any easier with the third than it was with the first. So if you want to listen and hear my learnings, um, then, then please, please stay listening wherever you are. We are also going to, once I'm back, which will be in a few months, we're also going to relaunch the next series of the podcast and we'd love, absolutely love your views. So head over to leadersplus.org.uk forward slash survey to give us your views on the podcast. And I'm personally reading this survey in detail. I'll pour over every single one of your suggestions. So thank you in advance for taking a short time to listen and enjoy the conversation today. Hi, I'm Kirsty Brewer. I'm a journalist for the BBC and a Leaders Plus fellow. I have a two-year-old son and I'm expecting my second baby soon. So naturally, that's got me thinking about maternity leave, how to make the most of it and what happens when I go back to work. In November 2020, I interviewed Verena, who was soon to embark on her third maternity leave. So we thought it'd be good to catch up and see how things have gone since then. Hi, Verena. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. I'm very well. And congratulations again, Kirsty. Thank you. As you can see on the video, but I don't think uh, obviously the listeners won't be able to see, I've also got my four-month-old baby with me called Waldo Teo, and he may or may not be choosing to make a contribution to this podcast. <laughs> so if you hear any burping, just to point out that that is, um, it won't be me. <laughs> That's nice uh, to clarify that. Yeah, he's very welcome to join in if he wants to. It's nice that you've got him with you, actually. It's nice to see so yeah, as I've sort of covered, my motivations for interviewing you aren't purely altruistic. I'm hoping I might be able to pick up some life hacks on coping with multiple young children as well. So do you have any advice? I mean, I know you already had two, so it's slightly different, but how, how's it been going? So I think the best advice that I've received and which I have fully implemented is to put any money that you have into extra childcare. And obviously it's a privilege to be able to afford to send your older one in nursery. So this time round, my toddler or soon to be preschooler goes to nursery three and a half days a week and then the older one goes to school and needs picking up from school and that even that you know I know that sounds like a real luxury but with not having family around or obviously with COVID where you can't just tell your neighbor to quickly look after your children so you can have a nap that was absolutely essential and in hindsight I might even consider going three full days and I think I definitely needed that in the first four months I probably would be able to ease back into I think, yeah, I would be able to ease back into looking after them a bit more now um, if I had to, but um, I probably I probably won't. Yeah, I think that's the biggest and best advice that I have I've taken. And then I think the other advice that I haven't followed through so well, but I encourage anyone listening to follow through is to really prioritize yourself. When I prioritize myself and my own well-being during maternity leave, that is when I felt at my best. And... I mean, I had these moments, you know, with having, I think we had some homeschooling because school was closed. And and when I thought, oh, I haven't done all the reading that the teachers I should be doing. And of course, I was still quite tender like you are in the first few months after maternity. I thought, oh, no. 
how horrendous my poor child hasn't done all the reading she should have done for school because in our school they actually have to read you're supposed to read with them every day and I, I do probably about two or three times a week or so um but then my mother who I always quote in this podcast said to me look there's one other parents are probably not doing it and two you need to make sure you are doing well and if you're relaxed and happy that's going to have a massive impact on the children much much bigger than if if all the reading is done I mean obviously for any teachers that are listening I'm not undermining your advice uh, but I think still we need to just make sure the mother and the father are is doing well first before anything else yeah I mean as you say though you 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 had your baby in the thick of the pandemic so I'm sure that that experience will resonate with a lot of other people with young children that had to grapple not only with being a new mum to a new baby but also having other young children at home and lockdown and all the stresses that came with that. Mm, Definitely and I think the other thing that really helped me is to find guilt-free screen time for my children so I'm putting them I found this brilliant I'm sure other people have heard of it too it's brilliant uh, YouTuber called um, Cosmic Kids it's a yoga a children's yoga thing and my toddler absolutely loves it and she she would just be there for an hour doing exercises jumping around I have nothing to do with and just stare into space um if you are if you are if you are very tired with a newborn then that is definitely the best thing since life spread cosmic kids I'm writing that one down guilt-free screen time that's a great idea and yeah you, you've had two already so was the reality of this maternity leave more aligned with your expectations of it. I'm just thinking of my first, you know, I went into it probably a bit naively because, you know, you have no idea what it would be like. And I think I thought I'd have way more time to work on my own writing and in, and a few projects in the early days, for example, which, you know, completely went out the window. Um, so I suppose you had the background of the pandemic as well, but did you feel like you had more realistic expectations this time around? No, <laughs> it's a short answer. Uh, so I knew it would be really hard at first and I think I had I guess I had more realistic expectation in that every baby is is you know the first three four five six months are always really hard and you don't need to beat yourself up about it and you just sit it's almost like on a fairground ride you just sit on the ride and let it let it take you very very goes I think what I didn't expect was how tired I was physically I forgot about that I forgot that it would tire me out to go to the playground physically and I had to actually lie down. I relearned that. <laughs> so I did lots of rest. And and you and I, we were just talking before we came on air that we're looked after by the same midwifery team, weirdly enough. And uh, one of the midwives there, Sue, uh, she was fantastic. And she gave me this advice that at the very beginning, the first three weeks, I think she said one week in the bed, one week on the bed and one week around the bed. I mean, stay put, don't do anything in your normal life for the first three weeks. And that advice was the best advice I've ever had. And I, I didn't do that with my first three children, but I definitely did it with this one. And I think it has paid off in that I recovered physically quicker, even though I did forget that I would still be very tired. I think you do. I think you can't conjure up that acute feeling of feeling sleep deprived. I think maybe that's evolution so you go back and have another one but that's really good <laughs> advice <laughs> I went to a wedding uh, three weeks after having my son so yeah that oh, wasn't well. taking that <laughs> I was still spending an, a lot of time just horizontal at that time <laughs> yeah I mean that, that kind of leads on to something I was going to ask you a bit later on but 
how important has it been, you know, the support of your partner and how, has, how have you managed that so you both kind of feel supported and fulfilled during those early, early months of having a new baby? Well, obviously, you need to ask him whether he feels supported or fulfilled. For me, the biggest thing was to have him there longer than two weeks. So he also runs his own social enterprise and therefore is quite flexible. And he took off, definitely took off full three weeks and then he worked part time for another two weeks. And that made such a big difference. I remember I was one one day it was just really hard. The toddler was behaving like toddlers do. And then all the child was really grumpy as well coming home from school. And I just I couldn't do it anymore. I had so enough. And I went into his study crying and said, this is horrendous. And he, he just dropped everything and took the children. And that's exactly what he needed to do. And in fact, that is what is necessary because unfortunately, the breastfeeding, which I am doing and I'm enjoying, that is something I have to do. So I think, sadly, we need in the UK, we definitely need more paternity leave because not everyone has that luxury. And I think we also need to have the conversation. And I had a very frank conversation in advance of giving birth that if we're doing this, we're doing this together. And I am expecting that a lot of hands-on support and we even talk through practicalities I mean even now he still puts the children to bed the older children every evening I maybe do it once a week or so and it's just because you do get tired with a baby and you obviously go up in the night and then in the by the time evening comes you're very grumpy or at least I am and you are not in the mood to have a negotiation with a toddler about whether the pyjama buttons should go inside out or the other way around I mean, to be fair, we probably just let her put the pyjamas on how she wants to uh, at that point. But I think at that time, you need some fresh energy, which my partner does have when he takes over from after work. Yeah. Actually, I want to go right back to the beginning and ask about what it was like to announce your pregnancy to your team. Yeah, I was obviously, even though I'm the boss, you could say, I was still quite nervous. I think I was nervous, not just about how it would affect them, because obviously I thought they might feel a bit unsure given they would have a new line manager come in for a period of time. But I was also nervous about how I would be seen. And I, I really did think about whether or not I could come, you know, I could be a career woman and I could be ambitious with three children, which in hindsight now is a little bit silly. But I think just to reassure anyone listening that if I think that who is running a social enterprise is all about combining very ambitious careers with young children and that you shouldn't have to choose between being a CEO in a large company and having children, then if I have those thoughts, those thoughts are completely normal and everyone will have those moments of thinking, oh, does this mean that I'm now going to be, um, you know, living like my great-grandmothers and just being at home? Nothing against being at home, but for me, it really wasn't wasn't that. Yeah, it's good to hear that um, even someone yeah, in your position has those moments where you feel like that. And how did it actually go in the reality to announce your, your pregnancy to the team? It was fine. You know, I think it was fine. Obviously, my team were wonderful, super understanding. And also, I didn't see, because we're not in the same space physically during the pandemic, I didn't see any any shocked reactions after after the conversation. But it was absolutely fine. And it was a lot, it was a lot less difficult in the end than I what I thought it was going to be. That's good. Yeah, I find, um, I found... Because, you know, being pregnant during the pandemic as well, I haven't physically seen many people. So I actually quite enjoyed being in control more of when I let people know because they couldn't physically, it wasn't physically apparent that I was pregnant. So it was quite nice, I think, just to work from home in the early weeks and um, just not have not have to tell people. 
been like one quite positive, I think. But the issue is you have to be very careful about when you get up to get a glass of water, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can't go and open a window on your Zoom meeting. Or... Um, and when you knew your maternity leave was sort of looming large, how did you prepare? Did you... And I was going to ask as well, have you kind of found any kind of new role models or reading that you found particularly useful this time around? I prepared by being very, very clear about what I wanted to be consulted on with my you know, the person coming in and looking after Leaders Plus. I was very clear what I wanted to be informed of and what not and what I wanted to be consulted on, what type of decisions she could make and what type of decisions I I could make and I wanted her to consult with me on. And I think for me that that helped me to let go. Um the other thing that really helped me was to write so obviously Leaders Plus is I guess my fourth baby and I really was passionate about making sure it continues to go really well in my absence and continues to make a huge difference to the women and men on our program. And so I made sure it was actually a really great opportunity because for the first time I wrote down all the processes that were in my head. So for example, how do we select facilitators? How do we book them? How do we quality assure them? All that, having that written down is, is, is I'm sure now going to be much better baseline for us to be able to develop and grow the social enterprise because until then everything was stuck in my head and actually that prevented it and plus also I was involved in every single detail and I mean every single detail and because I was the founder people would consult with me on everything and now they can't do that because I'm on maternity leave and I think I mean they still do consult a little bit but it's it's different it's a different dynamic and I really believe that by being on maternity leave, it helps me step back. And therefore, I I think and I hope it's going to make me a better leader afterwards. And I can focus my time more on strategic ideas rather than getting absorbed into day-to-day stuff. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's quite a unique situation to be on maternity leave and properly step out and then step back in with that fresh, with those fresh eyes. There's not really many other situations where that happens I don't think yeah definitely and you ask me about what what did I learn about being on maternity leave and and I think the most important thing was that I just didn't want to have a particular type of maternity leave I was now I I know that everything is going to turn out differently from how you've planned it but I definitely knew I wanted to do something for myself so I love thinking and I love reading and I'm really interested in research so I set up a one-to-one book club with someone who's also on maternity leave um, and has similar interests. And we just started reading books that had nothing to do with our day-to-day reality. Um, and, and that was so powerful and it was really precious. And sometimes we would be, I started, I think, when he was six weeks old. So sometimes I would actually start sentences and not remembering what I was talking about by the time I finished them. But still, I cannot tell you how powerful it was to do something for myself during that time. And actually, again, I have now, as a result of doing this, I have lots of ideas about what to do with the social enterprise when I come back. So that kind of leads on to thinking about, has it been hard to switch off? Or maybe maybe completely switching off wasn't really the, the goal anyway. Do you just have these ideas sort of percolating in your mind, but that you're not putting yourself under too much pressure to kind of have to, you know, exact them right now? Yeah. So. I actually so one thing 
that I did to help me deal with all those ideas was just to write them down because then I know they're in a black book. I don't have to worry about them. They will still be there. Yeah. So especially when you're sleep deprived, it's extremely important to write it down if you do care about these ideas, but it would be fine to lose them as well. But I, I liked them. But then I also thought this is a really precious time when your mind is running free. That is when good ideas happen. So I got myself a coach to work with me on bringing a bit of structure to these ideas. Um, And again, during maternity, if you really don't have to do anything work-related, for me, doing something work-related was a little bit of a, I guess, a, a link to my myself and a link to my my own life I, I guess actually that's why quite a lot of people do the fellowship program because they want to think about themselves rather than just a baby yeah definitely in terms of a coach is that someone you have kind of weekly catch-ups with or how does that work in practice well I only had four sessions with him it worked quite well I I said to my friend I really need to have a coach I really want to think through my ideas in a structured way and then out of the blue, someone from Cambridge Social Ventures approached me and said, oh, by the way, I'm doing this coaching program. I need to coach someone for free in order to get the qualification. And that, there we are. Um, so it was just luck, I guess, in the end. Yeah. And I know we talked before, obviously, as a director of your own social enterprise. Yeah, I think hopefully the questions will still be relevant, useful for, for others to listen to your answers. But have you... Have you kind of taken any keep in touch days? I don't know how it works if you're self-employed. Yeah, yeah. So you can do the same. Uh, so I'm actually employed by Leaders Plus. So legally, it's the same same thing. And yes, you can. So I I just chose things that I enjoy. Even though people ask me to do this or that, I just focused on things that would give me energy and that I would enjoy. So for example, I ran a session on LinkedIn for for our fellows Um and they absolutely loved it. I got a lot of energy from being in a virtual room with them. And also it wasn't too taxing. I think I did it when he was about 12 weeks old. So I was still reasonably dazed. And I chose intentionally something simple that would enable me to keep keep in touch. And then I guess my reading, you could also call a keeping touch activity. So I choose to do things that are for me. And that are that give me energy. I also choose. I attended an event and then reached out to the people on the event during uh, the conversation via chat and just connected with them again. So I used it to keep my networks going, which I think is quite important. Yeah, I mean, even hosting a, a session for your fellows, I'm quite interested in how, with things in the early days being so unpredictable, you might have an awful night and not get any sleep, for example. Is it, have you got any advice on how to, if you know you have an important event the next day, how you kind of prepare and be kind to yourself to make sure that still runs as smoothly as possible, even factoring in the fact that you might not have had much sleep or things just didn't go to plan that morning? Mm-hmm. I think it's just not to expect too much sleep because in my experience, babies are always going to not sleep exactly when you need them to sleep and in my, yeah. maybe yours are different I don't want to scare you Kirsty, but I <laughs> definitely never sleep when you want them to um and if, just to remind yourself that actually even if you only have four hours sleep you still have performed in the past so this is going to be okay as well and then to remind yourself that even if in your head it doesn't feel coherent it probably does to the audience or to whoever you're speaking to and then Number one tip is to bring your baby 
to whatever you're doing because then everyone usually is very welcoming and and admires you for being there and that doesn't just go for parents but also for people who don't have children who just are in awe of you for having a coherent conversation whilst still feeding a young baby yeah and that must be really um seeing sort of visible role models who are doing that and not apologizing for it is really potent as well I hadn't really thought about actually bringing your baby to the thing that you're doing rather than try and find some sort of elaborate way of hiding them away or definitely but I think it's really important as well to get help so I as I said with with my partner we we arranged that he so I will put it in his work diary if I do something like for example this podcast hilariously I then moved it and forgot that he had a meeting on that other day which is why I have my baby with me today but usually I would just put it in his diary and check that he's free to take the baby I also because he's been just the last three or four weeks he's been really busy with a big contract which he can't influence um i organized myself a, a babysitter young girl who's finishing her a levels or has just finished her a levels and was really happy to get some pocket money and i trust her i know that she'll be brilliant with the baby yeah so that was definitely worthwhile and i found her via looking on one of those ch- child care portals and it is so 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 ver- valuable yeah that, that goes back to your advice on um spending money on child child care if you need it yeah definitely and I think especially if you can if you're lucky enough to be able to afford it or not even money you know to, to invest in relationships locally so that someone else can look after your baby for a moment while you have an app yeah yeah <laughs> and it might be early days yet but have you thought about your return to work and are you going to make any adjustment so I'm gonna start working when he's seven months old and I will I've decided I don't want him to go to a nursery yet. There are different ways of doing it. I don't judge anyone, but just for me to feel, again, the most important thing in the end is is that I feel comfortable because then I know he'll be happy as well. So I'm going to organize a nanny and I'll work probably about three days a week. And then when he's about 12 months old, I go back to my four days a week pattern. But I don't plan on telling many people that I am at work initially because I really want to use this time to work on some ideas that I have so yeah I think it will be will be really good yeah because you've had two maternity leaves already Uh, one is Leaders Plus CEO I think the first one you were you launched it after you had your baby didn't you what did you learn sort of coming back from those did you apply that when you were sort of planning this maternity leave yeah, definitely. So after each maternity leave, even if there's no one new in your job, which sadly sometimes there is, after each maternity leave, I think your role is going to slightly evolve because your organization has changed and probably you have changed as well. But that's a really good thing. And for me, I've become more strategic during every maternity leave because I had to let go more during each maternity leave. And also it has let me, maternity leave has allowed me to get working on some passion projects that usually I don't have any time for but just making a mind map on an idea I have has to make quite a significant difference to my my work so for example I developed the idea of the podcast during maternity leave and trust me there was no strategy behind it at all but it was just because I had time to think yeah and using up different parts of your brain maybe you have that clarity in Mm. a weird way even though you're definitely 
Definitely. Society. And there's actually, you know, Alex Pang, who I did interview for this podcast, but on the four day working week, he's written a really interesting book on rest. And I'm not saying maternity leave is restful. It's not. But his idea is that with rest, your brain does interesting things. And that's actually when the really great ideas happen. And I do think that can happen during maternity leave if you are looking after yourself. But you do need to look after yourself. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you've been a line manager to lots of people and you you used to be a leader in uh, Teach First. So do you have any advice for leaders listening about supporting their staff to return to work, you know, based on your own experience of doing that? Yeah. So we have checklists on the Leaders Plus website if you want to have the whole list of things to do. But the most important thing is to make sure that you don't make any assumptions. Don't assume anything. Don't assume people are, are less motivated. Don't assume that the people, you're working with want to work in a different pattern they probably do but also if you are telling them well actually now why don't you take off Fridays or why don't you not do any international calls anymore in the evening they might feel really offended because you left them out something that they've enjoyed so definitely don't assume that and most importantly do not assume that your direct report has told you everything quite often there will be a bit worried about what they're to tell you what they really need so make sure that you spend a lot of time listening to them and then I think that will be the most important thing sorted yeah that's really good advice I hope that some people listening will take that on board I mean finally I just more broadly obviously we've all been working in the backdrop of pandemic which has thrown up lots of challenges for working parents or parents of people who look after children and but do you think the, pa- the pandemic has provided any positives in terms of flexible working, which will help parents returning to work? Yeah. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I would have said yes. It's one, you know, people have obviously started working from home. It's becoming acceptable to work for, from home and so on. But now I think that is quite a massive risk. And we need to make sure we don't have a two class society where some people are going in the office, get all the visibility, get exposure for their careers and others stay at home and don't get that. We need to make sure every single person, regardless of where they work, has the same opportunity to progress their careers. So organizations and employers need to think about how they're engineering the workplace to make sure that people who are working from home still get the same visibility. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think it'll be important, for example, if you know we, we operate a lot over Zoom or messaging apps and um it will be important that if there is this sort of split between people in the office people at home that that somehow continues or a new a new normal is formed so that yeah you're not suddenly a bit out of the loop uh, yeah and I also wonder how long some of the positivity around flexible working will last because I've already heard from some friends and people that I know that their work are already trying to kind of roll back on some of those flexible working arrangements that they had in the height of the pandemic so yeah might not get too complacent around that Mm, exactly complacency is the work because if we're now assuming everything is sorted that means there's going to be less focus on action to make things better for working parents so let's continue to say we need to move faster to make sure every single parent can enjoy their work progress their career and be with their children when they want to be so yeah yeah that seems like a nice way to end um, but I did want to ask if there was anything else that you wanted to say or add, but that's been really um, useful. I've noted down quite a few things that I'm going to try and apply to my own maternity leave. <laughs> no, it's really lovely to catch up with you, Kirsty. And I wish you, I'm sure we'll be in touch again, but I wish you all the very, very best with 
the upcoming birth of your child and welcoming a new member to your family. It's always, it's really hard, but actually more importantly, it's just really special and such an adventure. And um, yeah, I'm a little bit jealous of you that you are going to have this this (laughs) new life coming into it. (laughs) I'm excited and I want to make the most of it and I really appreciate really appreciate it so I think just trying to remember to try and enjoy it and celebrate the small victories and not be too hard on myself and yeah just take things slow Mm, definitely set me up well so thank you definitely thank you thank you so much for listening to the Leaders with Babies podcast I hope you have enjoyed the conversation and do let me know if you have any other comments thoughts suggestions on the things that we talked about just now my twitter handle is at vhefty or obviously at leaders underscore plus. Um, That's where I'll see your comment and I'll be able to respond. And if you have enjoyed today's episode and you want to do something to help, I would love it if you could put your thoughts about the podcast on our survey, leadersplus.org.uk forward slash survey. I really want to know how this podcast can give you the most benefit. And yeah, look forward to hearing from you. So thank you in advance.